When Jesus was uh, standing there before the people and they gave him the scroll of Isaiah, it wasn't divided up into chapters and verses like it is now. It was just one long scroll, just might have been by paragraphs, but he had to know from memory where to look in that scroll for what he read. And what he uh, proclaims at that time, what he reads is the first chapter of the 61st verse of Isaiah, along with uh, 61st chapter first and a part of the second verse of Isaiah, written 700 years before Jesus stood before the people in his hometown of Nazareth at that time. And as he reads these words from the prophet Isaiah, he is reading a messianic prophecy, one that describes what was going to happen when the Messiah showed up. It was about the Messiah. And what he says is, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he goes through all these different things that the Messiah was supposed to be doing. Well, as he's standing there saying that, what they heard him say was probably very different than what we hear him say, because what he was saying was, I'm the guy. I'm the Messiah. Here I am. And uh, you recall what their uh, uh, response was at the end. It was, uh, they looked at each other and said, isn't this Joseph's boy? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Didn't he fix my patio just a couple of years ago? You know, uh, uh, what, what's he doing saying stuff like that? They had no idea he really was the Messiah. And what he was declaring, he brought about. Listen again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me. You know when he was anointed for this? Do you remember when he was baptized? Do you remember what happened? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descended upon him bodily like a dove. That was the time of his anointing to start carrying out the ministry of the Messiah in his current advent. We talk about the advent season, and this was his first advent. And uh, so he was announcing his first coming. The Messiah was there. He was with them. And this is what he came. And this, during his first advent, this is still what he does. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. The poor, the word that's translated poor here, is the word needy. And it, yes, it can attain, it can, can it be connected to money. But even more than that, we are needy inside because of our sin. And we are just devastatingly 
needy when it comes to that because there is nothing that we can do to take care of this barrier between us and God, can we? Nothing we can do. Not one bit of pain that we've inflicted on another person through our words, through our attitudes, through our actions. Not one bit of that can we take back. It's already gone. It's already done its harm. It's already taken care of. And there's nothing we can do to undo it. It killed me when I realized that. uh, Where I realized I couldn't pay the price. And that's what Jesus came to do. And I remember the night that I was before him and he let me know that uh, he had already paid the price for every sin I'd ever committed. Every one of those bad attitudes that I'd had, every one of those uh, uh, harsh words I'd spoken, all of that. And there were things that I thought I could never be forgiven of. And as I even thought of those, he said, I took care of it, Joel. There may be some things in your life that are like that, that you don't think that God could ever forgive you for them. Maybe he'll go ahead and let you into his kingdom, but you feel you're going to have to be there in his kingdom in guilt because some things just can't be washed away. Well, there's nothing, no sin that the blood of Jesus can't wash away and make clean. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He gives us a brand new start. He gives us a fresh beginning, a new beginning. And uh, that's uh, what I want to talk to us about today. You know, say us, yeah, I'm talking to me too. Uh, There's a, with this, this time of the new year is a, at the close of an old one, the beginning of a new one, there's always this sense of expectancy and hope. And uh, most of us looking back on this past year, 2023, yes, there were blessings, but there was a lot of hurt. My goodness, I lost so many people close to me this past year. And a lot of you did too. And so uh, there's uh, there are things that, Uh, have happened in this past year that have been painful and we're glad that those things are behind us and we're hoping for a better 2024 and so we're looking forward to this next year and we also like to have those times when we can start over and the first day of the new year is such a good time to just pause and, and take inventory What did I do wrong this last year? What got messed up this past year? What can I do better this next year? What new uh, things should I start? And uh, we we have this 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 opportunity to just pause and mark a time of fresh starts of new beginnings. You know, and so we all love these times where we can mark historically like this to start over. And so that's why I've called this sermon Fresh Start. And uh, it is a new year. We have, people make resolutions, New Year resolutions. And uh, I read across this where a guy named Bill called his parents to wish them a happy new year. 
And his dad answered the phone. He said, well, dad, uh, what's your New Year's resolution? And his dad said, to make your mother as happy as I can all year. That's a great resolution, isn't it, women? <laughs> and guys, it's a, it's a good resolution for you too. To make your wife as happy as you can all year. Then he asked his mom, uh, what's your resolution, mom? And she answered, to see that your dad keeps his New Year's resolution. <laughs> and that's the way a lot of them go, you know. Uh, but uh, there's so many. I'm not going to go through all this, all the different kind of resolutions that are made at all. But this New Year gives you an opportunity to just pause for a fresh start. And uh, God gives us those. He gave the children of Israel fresh starts several times. And uh, he gave them a specific time of the year to start over. And uh, so today, what I'd like to do is just take the word fresh, F-R-E-S-H, and use it to go over and just kind of review some of the things that you might consider as you are making your fresh start for the new year. And let's, let's face it, we're prone to drift away, not through evil or meanness, but, uh, or, or rebellion against God. But uh, sometimes we can just find ourselves We've gotten so far away and we don't even know we're not with the Lord the way that we should be right now. How it happened, it could be through busyness. Good things can wind up distracting us and getting us involved. There have been times whenever doing God's work has gotten me so distracted that I didn't have time for him. And that's disastrous whenever that happens to a preacher. And I remember one time it was really disastrous for me. And uh, I uh, had gotten there. I moved to a church that was just filled with a lot of pain. And I was just doing so much counseling, just day after day of counseling. And I wound up neglecting my prayer time. Instead of praying for these people, I wound up taking all their burdens upon myself. I was neglecting my family. I was neglecting the Lord. It was all being, but I was doing God's work, you know. Whenever God's work pulled you away from God, it's not his anymore. And so you need to remember, and when it pulled you away from those people that he has entrusted to you, it's not God's work anymore. Yeah, you might be making a living, but he could bless you a whole lot more if you'd go back and start practicing the first commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. And then the second one, love your neighbor as yourself. And those that God has entrusted to you and put around you. Those are the first neighbors you need to be paying attention to. Well, I got all tied up in my stuff. And the next thing you know, I was empty. I was hurting physically. I was hurting emotionally. I was hurting just tired out. 
just everything was wrong. And that's whenever I've shared with you how uh, I was assigned to go to this retreat. And in this retreat, I'm not going to go through all the details, but I just needed that time to get away with him. And he used different things in that time to remind me that not only was God real, but God loved me. I needed to remember that. He loved me. Not only did he care, not only did he love me, he was for me. He wanted good for me. And uh, I was denying myself the good that he had for me by neglecting him. And so many times we can, we can do that. Anyway, he reminded me that uh, he cared. He was able to help me with all the different things that I was facing that was killing me trying to handle it by myself. So he was able and he was also willing to help me. Sometimes we know God is able and we know he loves us. But that just still leaves him way out there. He's also willing. But he's told us what we need to do. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. And I love the, uh, uh, what I guess you call it, it's an acronym. You ask, seek, knock. That's A-S-K. So he's telling you, there's some people that they don't want to take their problems to the Lord. And that's where you really miss out. But whenever, and also whenever you uh, drift away from him, you feel presumptuous in coming to him with your problems because you don't deserve his love and all. And so you just stay away. And you can drift further and further and further from him. And sometimes just the goodness of life, the blessings of life can get you so preoccupied that you miss your God. And you can even miss the people around you. And, uh, and God warned the people of Israel about that when they were standing, getting ready to enter the promised land. He told them. Now, whenever you're all settled down there and you have your nice houses and your crops are coming in and everything is going so nicely because I'm blessing you, you probably and you will say, look at what I have done and you're going to forget me. And you're going to get so far away from me that you're going to say, who is the Lord? We could just, in our blessing, get pulled away and miss God. And so we have this time today to begin to review and see where we come back. We can take him so for granted that we don't even talk to him anymore. And we can do the same with people in our homes and uh, people around us. We need to, uh, just like we neglect other people with our busyness and all, we can neglect the Lord like that. But he's not neglecting you. He's just waiting for you to start paying attention to him again.
So I want to take this word fresh. First of all, F today. Forget what's behind. You, we can't always intellectually forget. And the Lord doesn't want you to just totally blank it out of your mind. But he has a way of bringing healing to our hearts in connection with the bad things. So that uh, if that we, it's just us clinging to the resentment and things like that. But we're supposed to let that stuff go. And so uh, we can choose not to dwell on the past. Let's put it that way. Instead of just dwelling on something, you need to let go of bitterness. It says in scripture, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawl, brawl, brawling, brawling, B-R-A-W-L-I-N-G. I keep thinking of steak. I want to get broiled, you know, but anyway, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Get rid of that, he says. Don't let that be the sort of thing that comes out of your heart and comes out of your mouth. Let go of grievances against your parents for what they did or did not do. Let go of grievances against your children for your disappointments in them. Forgive your husband or wife for the hurts that they've caused. Let go of the grudge against someone at work because of the way that they've treated you. Stop looking for fault in other people. That can be just a bad habit that you get into. And one of the reasons why people get into it is because they think that putting somebody else down, finding fault with somebody else, elevates them. Let me tell you, that's not what it does in the eyes of other people. It may be a surprise to you that never makes you look better in somebody else's eyes. Let go of an unforgiving spirit. Let go of the painful words and hurts that have been inflicted on you by others. Forgiveness can be defined as giving up on getting even. That's one of the ways that you can, you, you, one of the definitions you can give it. Let go of insecurities. Some people are just so insecure and that shows lack of faith because God has faith in you that you can take care of whatever he puts before you. And if you have faith in him, you'll be able to get it done. So uh, and also let go of allowing others to dictate your choices. Let God dictate your choices, not others. And let go of your sin. Some people wear their sin like a itchy hair shirt that they put on. They just want to, they feel like they have to punish themselves and kick themselves all the time. He's forgiven you. He has wiped the slate clean. Accept it and move on starting today. In Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, he says, remember not the former things nor consider the form, the, the things of old. The way that uh, Paul says in the New Testament, talking about being the person that God ultimately created him to be. He said, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own yet, but one thing I do, 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So that's some of the things under the F in fresh. Next, R. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in Him. A fresh start requires faith. A fresh start with the Lord definitely requires faith. A believing heart. There's no way to have to do to let go of all these things I've just mentioned unless you believe that God can help you with it and help you through it and bring healing where pain has been. Uh, having faith in God means trusting him with your life. Uh, the story, I've shared it with you before about the guy that stopped to look at the scenic overpass and he was out there looking at this beautiful, beautiful uh, scene before him. And right in front of him, it was like 10,000 feet down. I mean, he's just looking out over this thing. And all of a sudden he slipped and he fell off the cliff and he's hurtling down and he's able to spot a branch and grab this branch. And he's hanging there and he starts crying for help. And you can't even hear the wind blow, not even a bird chirp. There's no cars going by up above. And he's starting to get tired hanging there and yelling. His hands are starting to slip. His fingers are starting to slip off of the limb. And so finally, he says, Lord, are you out there? And a still voice says, yes, son, I'm here. He said, well, Lord, will you help me? And the voice said, yes, son, let go of the limb. Anybody else out there? But that's what we do. That's what we're prone to do. We're going to look for anything except take that leap of faith. But we have to just kind of take a deep breath and take the step into what you know God wants you to do. And it may feel like you're, you are stepping into the unknown because you've never probably been there before. But as you take that step, you find that he is firm under you and he has you and he's going to help you to get through and to do whatever he has before you. So uh, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice that he's for you. Revo rejoice that you're special to him. Rejoice that he wants you to have a blessed year. Not necessarily a happy new year. He wants you to be more than happy. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be, you, there may be some trials that you're going to face, but you'll be blessed as you go through them with him. So faith is trusting that God wants good for you. He's able to help you and he's willing to help you. That's something to rejoice in. Things in life, as I've already said, can pull us away. And we've already talked about all of that. So uh, we know the things that can pull you away. Notice those things and put them in their proper place. It's not that he doesn't want you to have a job. He wants to help you in your job. And the time that you take and spend with him, he'll give you more time to replace it. It's not that you're going to be taken away 
from your job to take to spend time with him. He made time. He needs you to make time for him or he doesn't need it. He wants you for your own good. So uh, somebody just need to pause. Remember the Lord and start a new and a fresh walking with him. The E, F-R-E, eliminate things that are harmful or unnecessary. Sinful habits, wasteful things, and this ties in with the next letter in fresh, which is the S, start something new. Uh, This is the put off, put on principle that you'll see in Ephesians and Colossians, where it's let him who steals, steal no more, Rather, let him work and uh, make some money and he'll have something to help other people with and to give to God too, you know? Uh, so as you put off, but you have to put off the wrong thing in order to put on the right thing. You can't start, well, anyway, we, we, I'm not even going to go down that path. But uh, so you put off and put on. Before we can add something new though, you've got to take something out. Uh, imagine your life um, let's just imagine your heart is a basket and it's filled with fear and bitterness and uh, unforgiveness and uh, a bad attitude and you try to put on love and there's not going to be any room for love in your basket because it's filled with these other things And so you have to get these other things out of your basket in order to make room for the things of God and prayerfully uh, take inventory and let him find those things. In fact, he's pretty well listed them in Galatians where he says, uh, now the, the works of the flesh and it goes through anger and all these bad things. He says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, and uh, uh, self-control, all these sorts of things. And so in order to put on the, or to put well, the, the fruit of the Spirit in your heart, you got to get the flesh, the works of the flesh, out of your heart. And so this is a process. You've got to identify it. You've got to see what's the bad thing. You've got to see what it needs to be replaced with. And you need to work on that. So, uh, but it starts with being close to him. His spirit comes as you come to him and open your heart to him. And he'll help you sort through the bad stuff and get rid of it. And he has gifts to give you. Gifts to give you. So, uh, anyway, so... You, you've got to, we'll see, one, on New Year's Eve, we're thinking about new things to add to our lives. Resolutions to study harder, to practice more, to eat less or exercise. But in order to add more things to our already schedule, you're going to have to take some things out. New Year's is a time to take inventory of our lives and determine what we need to take out and what we need to add. Lastly, the H, F-R-E-S-H. Honor the Lord with your life. If you'll do that, 
What's he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you worry about, he says, will be added unto you. Seek ye first his kingdom. Honor him with your life. I've talked to you before about all of life is worship. Worship comes from the old Anglo-Saxon word worthship. He is worthy. Every morning when you get up and the first part of your day, you give to him. Whenever you do that, you're saying thou art worthy. You're worthy of this part of my day. You honor him. Wake up honoring him. So uh, honor him in personal worship. If you already have a quiet time, commit to continue it. If you're sporadic, commit to being more constant. Uh, uh, share your commitment with somebody else. Let them know what you're doing. If you don't have a quiet time, Commit five to 12 minutes in the morning to him starting out and you'll be amazed at what a difference it'll make in your life. Corporate worship, attend church. You need church. I remember uh, the story about a, uh, a, a guy that just quit showing up at church. And one day it was a cold, cold evening. Hey, the preacher knocked on his door. And the guy opened the door and he just motioned him to a chair. And they both sat there by the fire, looking and watching the fire burn there. And no, neither one of them said a word. Finally, the preacher took the tongs that were there by the fireplace. He took one of the coals and he pulled it away from the fire. And then they sat and they watched. As that embers was that coal got darker and darker and darker until it was almost out. Then the preacher took the tongs and he stuck that coal back in the flames and it lit back up. And they sat there and they watched it burn for a while. And then the preacher got up when he started toward the door and the old man said, I'll see you in church next Sunday, preacher. Not a word had to be spoken. You miss out when you don't attend church regularly. We need corporate worship. We need the fellowship of one another. We need to be fed. And uh, I understand if you're not being fed, if sheep aren't fed, they need to find a place to be fed, you know, and they will. If there's no food where they are, they'll go somewhere where there is. Same with churches. If you're not being fed, the church that you're in, find a church where you're going to be fed the word of God and have an opportunity to grow in him. So uh, corporate worship. And when you come into worship, commit to attending Come with a right attitude in your heart. Come as a contributor and a servant and not a critic. It's time for a fresh start this year, brothers and sisters. I want to close with a poem I ran across the other day. Another year is dawning. 
Dear Father, let it be in working or in waiting another year with Thee. Another year of progress, another year of praise, another year of proving Thy presence all the days. Another year of mercies, of faithfulness and grace, another year of gladness, the glory of thy face, another year of leaning upon thy loving breast, another year of trusting, of quiet, happy rest, another year of service, of witness for thy love, another year of training for holier work above. Another year is dawning. Dear Father, let it be on earth or else in heaven. Another year for thee. May this be our prayer in the year ahead. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.